everyone this morning and looking forward to some encouraging things from God's Word. Uh, we're doing a, at least for sure a two-part series here on uh, knowing the heart of our Father. And uh, it would be good, I think, to just kind of just remind ourselves of some of the things that we went over last week. But before I do that, I just wanted to say uh, we need to be in prayer for so many things and so many people, and you don't know these people, and I don't really know them, but um, where Rod and Sashi uh, attend and are serving there at the chapel uh, uh, at Hilltop Lakes, uh, they're very, very involved in that chapel. They, uh, Rod actually uh, and Sashi both teach, and uh, Rod is teaching uh, 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 youth on Wednesday nights, and um, on Wednesday night he's there because he rotates every other week. But uh, they have a meal, they have a little meal for the, the youth that come on Wednesday nights, and uh, they have volunteers that bring food and help with food. And one of the volunteers that was scheduled, I think, I, I'm not sure when she was scheduled, uh, I was told, but I've forgotten exactly when, but she was uh, scheduled to, uh, I think, later on this month. But she and her husband and uh, I think a brother-in-law were on an ATV, and they were driving along, and the accelerator stuck, and they could not stop it, and they hit a tree, and she was killed. This grandmother was killed, and the husband has every rib plus many other bones broken, but all of his ribs are broken. He's in terrible, they life-lighted him to Temple, and now they're trying to bring him back to, to Brian. So it's been a very, and then the uh, other, uh, the brother-in-law or whoever it was that was with them had half of his ribs broken, and so it was just a terrible thing. But for the little granddaughter that was so close to her grandmother, this has been very, so it's a little small community, uh, people know the little chapel there. They know each other, and um, it's just it's just been hard. So I say all that to say, folks, we need to make the most of every moment we have because you don't know when it's going to be your last. And uh, I think a lot of things that we get involved in and things that irritate us and and uh, all, I think as we when we see Christ, when we see Christ, I think we're going to realize how, how small some of these things really were. And in our minds, they were huge here on earth. But when we get to heaven, it's, not, it's just going to, we're going to say, I can't believe I wasted time on that. So anyway, so let's, let's continue our, uh, our look into um, learning and understanding to the best of our ability uh, on this side of earth, the heart of our Father. And I think, I think if we, I just ask you, do, do you really feel like that, you, that you're really learning, are you gaining insight into our Father, the heart, His, His heart? And I mean... Um, and I won't get into chasing this rabbit, but there was there's a certain doctrine that people hold. And, you know, there's this side that holds this doctrine and then there's the other side. 
And I'm not your, your uh, theologian, you know, that has all the doctor's degrees and all that. But I can just tell you this. My belief is on the one side, this is not the heart of my father. It is, it is more the heart of man than the heart of my father. And so it's kind of like people have said, well, what's wrong with that music? I can't tell you. I can't even read music. I can't tell you what's wrong with that music, but I can tell you in my spirit, I can tell you when the music is not good according to my spirit. My spirit's saying, don't listen to that. That's not good music. And so I think when you, when you really, another an idea, when you have a thought we really need to, and we feel like someone has spoken to us, we need to be able to discern whether that voice is the voice of God or the devil whispering in our ear. We really need to know the difference. And we need to be able to discern the difference. Was that God speaking to me or was that Satan whispering? He's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a counterfeit. And so we have to be careful that we, that we are alert and discerning. And again, everything that, that when God speaks, it's going to line up with his word. Now, we may not understand it. We may not, you know, comprehend it or, or be able to explain it, but it's going to line up with his word. And so it's very, very, very important that we understand and learn the heart of our father. So last week we said every classroom that we're ever in, every classroom that we ever enter into that God permits in his sovereignty is intended, and I hope that we can get this, every classroom is intended for us to be able to develop trust and confidence and faith in our Father. Every single one. You can't name one. You can't tell me one. You can't show me one. One of your experiences. Every single thing that God in His sovereignty allows is... There are a lot of things that can be involved, but He is wanting us to trust Him. I was even thinking, you know, I think we could spend some time looking in the New Testament at the different circumstances, raising of the dead, feeding the 5,000, all the different things, the healing of different diseases, the different, that He's showing His, who He is, that He is God, yes, but he's also showing the people that they can trust him, that they can have faith in him, they can have confidence in him. And so every classroom is intended to develop and build our confidence in our Father. It's important. And so let me, let me just go back to uh, a verse we read last week, if you would. And it's really good to look these up, if you will, and some of them will take more time to look at them. But look at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. And I read this one last week, but this is just kind of a reminder of what we went over. Chapter 4, verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached 
as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So do you get the? They heard the gospel. The gospel was preached, but it didn't profit them. Why? Because it was not mixed with faith. That's what we're talking about. Learning the heart of our Father. Learning the heart of God. We need to understand His heart, and we need to learn to trust Him and believe Him and, and place our faith and confidence, not just for salvation, but for our everyday lives. We're to take up the shield of faith. Uh, we need to, in James, when we ask for wisdom, we're to ask in faith. So the Bible is very clear. We need to be sure that we understand and we appreciate the fact that God is trying to get us to see some things about our faith, our confidence, our trust in Him. And so that we would believe Him and um, know Him in a deeper way. Know Him in a special way. 1 John four sixteen, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Let's turn to John, 1 John, and we'll just kind of look at some of the verses here in chapter 4. Uh, Paul, that was some excellent choices on your scripture, but I'm going to read on down further from where you were in the chapter. We need to understand as we're learning the Father and the heart of the Father, we need to understand His nature. We need to understand His character. We need to understand who He is. So there are a couple of verses here I wanted to read, but you just can't hardly pull them out. So let's go ahead and read the whole. Let's start in verse 7. First, first John chapter four, verse seven, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God and he that loveth not knoweth not God for, and this is what I want us to, we need it. This is his character. And here it is in verse eight. For God is love. For God is love. And this was manifested, the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and that he in us, because he hath given us 
of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. And then here it is again. And I'm, I'm just wanting us to see this because this is what we're trying to learn. This is the character of God. When you try to know the heart of the Father, you need to understand He is love. So here it is again. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. And it just goes on and on. It's hard to stop. But the point is this. God is love. And if we're going to understand our Father's heart, I'm just trying to get across the idea and the point that we're going to have to see every event, everything that God orchestrates in our lives, it, it is, it's coming from a Father who is love. Everything about him is love. His character is love. His motivation is love. Everything about him. And so every event, every circumstance, every classroom, whatever you want to call it, it's all about his love. And it's his love for us. And so it's important. If we're ever going to enjoy any kind of peace, if we're ever going to have any kind of victory in our lives, if we're going to enjoy any kind of godly relationships with other believers, if we're ever really going to be effective soul winners, if we're ever going to be able to overcome and be the overcomers that God designed us to be in life's trials, if we're going to ever experience and we need to be thinking about the day that we die. When we die, as we approach death, approaching death, we need to understand this is all about God's love. The hard times, the good times, the stressful times, the difficult times, the impossible times, the fearful times. It's all about understanding that God loves us. And he loves us in a way that I'd really have a hard time thinking that the human mind can really comprehend it. I'm just not sure we can really comprehend it. And so as I'm going through life, if we go through life, we understand his character, his nature is love. And then I have faith. Let me just, and, and I don't want to get into details, but say, let's just say you have a difficult circumstance you prayed about prayed about prayed about and it doesn't come out the way you wanted to come out and uh and so you you're going through life and you see things unfolding that you're not happy with you you would have never designed it that way but it's still happening it's still there it's still going on and you say why so you you we're human why, God, are you allowing this to come in my life? And we do need to examine why. But we understand why, God. And if we can just get a glimpse, and this is something I was sharing with my wife on the way in, if we could get a glimpse 
of understanding that God is allowing whatever it is to come into our life. It's out of his love for us because he loves us in a way that we can't imagine. He loves us in in ways that no human can love each other. And so it's a transforming way to think and live when we see everything from the perspective that God has allowed it out of his love for us. He is love and he loves his children. He loves his children more than we can ever even imagine. He loves in such an unconditional way. And so uh, you've heard this in seminars in the time past that if you come from a loving family, it might be easier for you to understand the love of God. It might be easier for us if we had a loving relationship with parents, a loving relationship with our siblings. But if you come from a dysfunctional family and you never felt like you were loved or felt like there was love in your family and you didn't really see it demonstrated in life before you, it may be more difficult for a person coming from that type of background than a person from a loving background to really even get close to understanding the love of God. And so it's essential that, it, and this is where faith comes in. I, it, it's all mixed together. I have to have faith that my father is operating in my life out of his love for me. It's, it's just, it's, it's life changing to understand that it's his love. He's, he's allowing things to happen because he loves me so much. And that is very very difficult for the human mind to comprehend. It's hard for me to to always have a positive response. Let me just ask you a question. And this is, again, this is all tied together, all about the character of God, which is love, mixing with faith, that God gives us faith, and we're depending, we're, we're learning to trust Him, But when we pray, and how many of you have really prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for something, and it didn't come about the way you prayed? Actually, the answer when you prayed, God's answer was no. You prayed about it. You you believed it. I've prayed sometimes, and I've said, I just have, I just know this is the way it's going to be. And then the final word is, God said no. Now, where are we in our Christian walk? Are we going to get upset? Are we going to get angry with God? Are we going to be murmuring and complaining? Are we going to be despondent? How are we going to respond to a no that when God gives a clear no to something, how are we going to respond to that? And that's where faith comes in <clears throat> to in our lives. We have faith and, and the little saying that people say, you know, God never makes any mistakes. God is good always, those kind of things. 
We have to really put that into practice. If God, I've prayed, I've prayed, I've prayed. I even find scripture to back up my prayers. I even find scripture to back up what I'm praying for. And I believe it. I've got faith to believe it. And God ultimately says no. So rather than being discouraged, rather than being down, we need to walk in faith and trust him that he is right, that all the other promises in the word of God are all fitting together, that he's working all things together for my good. And we have to trust him for that. But see it as a loving father saying, no, the answer is no. It's not because I'm mad, not because I'm angry, not because you've done things wrong. It's because I said no, and that's the best thing for you, is a no. Can y'all, I mean, are you with me at all? Can you just, can you begin to just think about some of the circumstances that you face in life? Some of the challenges that we face in life? that are real issues in life, things that happen in our lives. And, and we prayed and we cried out. And, and finally, the word comes and God says no to it. It takes faith. It takes faith. It takes confidence. It takes me trusting my father that he's always right. And I'm going to tell you, if we could learn, if Christians could learn to live like that. It would just, there's such a freedom. There's such peace. I mean, you talk about not being anxious about anything. You know, if we just knew that, well, the answer's no, and you just keep right on going. You, the answer's no, and you just trust God. The answer's no, and you say, God, I've done everything I know to do. I've found scripture to back up my prayer request. And you said no, but I trust you. I don't doubt you. It's important <clears throat> that, that, we, that we get to the place where we understand. So that's on prayers and when the prayer, the answer is no. What about when God brings discipline? What about when God brings discipline in your life? You know, we've talked to a lot of people over the years very few people are honest enough that will admit when they come in for prayer or come in for anointing with oil or whatever, very few have I ever heard them say, well, you know, you say, well, have you examined the cause of your situation? And they'll say, yeah, you know, it's not a sickness unto death and it's not a, a, a sickness unto chastisement. Oh, it's a sickness under the glory of God. I would say 80% of everybody that's ever come in, 80% say it's for the glory of God. Very few will admit that I'm being disciplined. Very few will say and be honest, what's happening in my life is because of discipline. And I'm going to tell you, I, I've told this, and I'm not, I don't go into the details, but I ended up in the hospital for eight days, one time with a knee accident, and I'm going to tell you what, I know why I was in the hospital for eight days. I know. 
And it's like I've told a lot of people, you know, I, I've told people, hey, don't be my Holy Spirit. Don't try to be my Holy Spirit for me, okay? Because when God takes me to the woodshed, I know it. When God brings discipline into my life, I know it. Because I know I'm learning to know my Father. And so I know. So I was in the hospital eight days, had an accident, but I go back the Saturday before, I know exactly why on Monday, Saturday to Monday, why I ended up in the hospital. And so it's important that we understand the discipline of God. When God brings discipline, if there is discipline, then that we accept it, that we admit it, we go along with what God is saying. So let me read it to you once again in chapter 12 of the book of Hebrews. For whom the Lord loveth, he <laughs> God, God is love. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye are without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are ye bastards and not sons? The Bible is so clear. God loves us, and so therefore, out of his love, he brings chastening. But my question is, how do we respond to his chastening? Do we get angry? Do we deny? Do we argue? Do we get down in the mouth? Do we get discouraged? Do we give up? When God is bringing discipline, admit it. Agree with God. This is discipline. This is what he is. It's happening because he loves me so much. He cares for me. He gives answers that are no's to prayers. Many times when we have total confidence, it's going to go the other way. And he brings discipline in the life of the child of God. All because he loves us so much. It's all because he loves us. And we are commanded to love one another. I'm just encouraging you. Let's not be the Holy Spirit in another person's life. But have confidence that that person walking with God will grow to the place that they understand the heart of their father and understand when it's his hand bringing discipline in our lives. And he's very good at it. He knows what he's doing. He's the best at it. And I've observed over time that when I've tried to change people, it really doesn't turn out too well. It just doesn't turn out too well. But I have seen God work in people's lives. And it is amazing the transformation and the change that God can bring about. So my challenge is about faith. Our challenge is, are we walking in faith? Are we trusting God on every hand? I mean, is North Belt, are we a church, a church of faith? Do we believe God is in total control in the direction of our church? 
And so when things become totally upside down and turbulent in our lives, and listen, there's some strong predictions out there. Have y'all heard any of them lately? I don't want to give them to you because I don't want to, you know, but I mean, there's some crazy things out there. People are saying it's, it's very close to Y2K. It's very close to Y2K financially, people are talking about. So I'm going to tell you, this is a time that you and I, as a church, we need to trust God. We need to depend on Him and and trust Him. And, you know, we talk about, the Scripture talks about the abundant Christian life. The abundant Christian life. There's no way we can live the abundant Christian life apart from total dependence upon God the Father. You can't enjoy the abundant Christian life apart from totally trusting the Father. I saw a sermon title, and we've all heard it, and I've preached it, Abiding in Christ. John 15, Abiding in Christ. And it's, you'll never really successfully abide in Christ, experience the abundant Christian life, apart from total trust and confidence in our Father. And it, we, it, it really becomes a place of when we get there, when we finally begin to achieve some, see some accomplishment and see some change in our hearts, some change in our lives, some change in our minds, it becomes we have an unshakable confidence. And it really doesn't matter what the world throws at us. It doesn't matter what circumstance comes our way. We have an unshakable confidence in God the Father. And that's what I hope our church can demonstrate to the lost and dying world. Again, I have to repeat myself, but in the last four months, five months, however long it's been, there have been more people saved on this church property than in the last 30 years. People are, we just got word just the other day, what, six or so more have been saved over the, over the weekend or this last week? I mean, think about it. It's almost rare now for a week to go by that somebody's not giving their heart and life to Jesus Christ on this church property. And the outreaches that are going out into the apartment complexes in different places. I mean, it's, it's almost like, oh, nobody got saved this week? It's becoming very common because I'm telling you, I believe God is really at work in a special way in, in doing some things. And so we are commanded. I mean, you cannot, you cannot get away from the fact that we are commanded to live by this life of faith. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Romans 14, 23, but he who doubts is damned if he eats because he does not eat from faith for whatsoever is not from faith is sin that's Romans 14:23 whatever is not of faith is sin Hebrews 11:6 but without faith it's impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him it's impossible to, without faith, to please the Father. So I'm, I'm just trying to get us to see that on every hand, you name something. I don't think you can, 
You have to understand the sovereignty of God. God permits things. Whatever it is in your life, has God allowed it? Are you responding in faith that you have total confidence in God the Father, that he's not making any mistakes? He's keeping his word. He's keeping his promises. He's doing exactly what he said he would do, working everything out for our good. And, and we, we need to be a, a people that have that total confidence in God the Father. It's important that we understand the idea of faith is kind of in two areas. Two areas. Faith for salvation. Faith for salvation. <clears throat> salvation, <clears throat> excuse me, faith is connected to salvation. With we, We've got to have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in the finished work of Calvary. We've got to have total confidence that Jesus is the Son of God, that we believe with all of our heart that God has raised him from the dead. And the Bible says, if you believe with all of your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So there's that faith, the faith of a salvation, the initial beginning of our walk, and that it's not of works, but of grace. And so we understand all that. But then there's the second part. Once you are saved, then we continue to live by faith. We continue to live by faith. And it requires us to just believe the Father. And I, I know that you wouldn't be here today. You wouldn't, be, you wouldn't drive the miles that you drive if you didn't intend and your heart wasn't there to please the Father. You want to please God, but it requires faith on our part that we have faith to trust him and believe him no matter what. We have faith to believe that we're complete in him. The devil will come to us and, and bring all kind of lies and accusations. But the bottom line is the scripture in Colossians 2.10 says we're complete in him. And so there's a lot of faith that goes on in our walk and as we go through life. And so even this afternoon, I want us to, if you will, be thinking in advance. I'd like to hear some ideas and some ways that God has developed that faith in our lives as we go through our Christian life. There have been certain things that have occurred that, that has built our faith and our confidence. I mentioned last week, it's important, and I did this early on, I, I, I kept a journal, and I journaled things, and it, it was so exciting because early on in our first churches, the dollar signs and the outgo, the income and the outgo never added up. It never added up. It was always less income and more outgo. But somehow, some way, God miraculously, and I even told you at our first church, Riesel, people started tithing. They would designate their tithe to the electric bill so they would get rid of me. I mean, they, they did. And you know what? People heard about that. And so money from outside of the church started coming in designated for the pastor's salary. And I was able to stay just long enough to get out of town alive. <clears throat> and I've often told people, they say, 
Riesel, that's kind of a, a maiden. We go through Riesel. Said, Don't mention my name in Riesel. I mean, they, but I mean, it was, it was just, uh, that was the church that the, the pastor had been involved and it was documented, proven. He was involved in a, with a 16 year old girl. He was the pastor. He was involved. And I had the deacon and his wife sit down in our living room and say, we confronted him. And they said that he said, if you say a word of this to anybody, I'm going to expose all the marriage counseling I've done with y'all. So they kept it for over two years. And finally, he ended up leaving the church. He divorced his wife and two kids and married the same person when she came 18. And then the real clincher, this is blows. I mean, I, I just can't even fathom stuff like this. A little church in the country called him to be their pastor with that track record. He divorced his wife and two kids, married this girl that he had been involved with since she was 16 years old, and they called him to be their pastor. And then on top of that, for the 100th anniversary celebration, we were invited to come. We were on the list of 48 out of 100 that had been pastor there. He was the guest speaker for that anniversary meeting. <laughs> I wouldn't even let him near the pulpit. I mean, if that happened in our, he would not even come near the pulpit. But he was the guest speaker. I mean, I, I just can't. How do people get to that place where they just overlook so much? I don't know. Kind of scary. <clears throat> We're walking by faith. We're living by faith. First Peter 5, 7, casting all our cares upon him for he careth for you. He loves you. And so when you're going through that time in life, when you just feel like it's the most difficult time you've ever experienced, this is where, this is, to me, this is the heart of what I've been saying. <clears throat> Casting all your cares upon him because he careth for you. It takes faith to believe my father is love. He's permitted some things to happen and I don't like it. I wouldn't have drawn it up this way. But God has permitted it. Out of his love, I can cast all my cares upon him because I have total confidence he loves me. He tells me over and over to be careful for nothing, not to be anxious about anything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. We've got to come to that place where we, in the crucible of life, when we are at the very bottom, the bottom that we've, we thought we could never be this low, that's where we have to really put faith into action and trust Him that He's my loving Father and He has promised to work it out for my good and I have to trust Him and I just cast all of my cares, just all of them. And we need, to, we need to just do that. Cast all of our cares on him. Why? Because he loves me. It's faith and love. It's trusting him and knowing he loves me. And if we could somehow grasp 
I mean, I, I think about the prayers that many have prayed in the church. They prayed that something would happen, and it didn't happen. Prayed that God would work something out, and it didn't go that way. And things are, seem to be tough. But that, that's, we've got to understand our Father. I don't believe, this is maybe just me being idealistic, I don't believe you can find scripture that God is bringing all of this because he's mad at us and because he's really wanting to get back at us for something. He's allowed whatever it is. I am confident he's allowed whatever it is out of his love and he's conforming us. He's transforming us to, to have the very character of Christ and nobody ever said that would be easy. Nobody said that would ever be easy. So I'm asking you, here's the invitation, the call for the invitation. Where are you in your walk with God? What are you facing? What are you facing? What are you facing in life? I mean, I saw a sermon title. I mean, I've heard sermons, great sermons on facing the giants in our lives. I mean, what is it that we're facing? What is it we're challenged with? What is it? And I'm going to tell you, when we can really embrace and, and get a, somehow a grasp on the heart of my Father, understanding His heart, it, it can just change our whole lives in such a way that it's not even explainable in human language. But you can understand when you have that peace. And I've had people say, how can you have a peace during this time in your life? You know, we were, we were just about out on the street <clears throat> at Riesel, and we had no place to go, no job. My time was up, and this guy walked up in my yard, and he, he was a probation officer looking for somebody <clears throat> that owned some property. He was actually shopping for property, and we got to talking, and he, I said, well, we're going to have to leave here and all this stuff. Long story short, he asked me, he said, how can you be so calm? How, and this was early. This was early on. I mean, I was still in my 20s. How can you be so calm when you don't have a job and you're about to have to move out and you have no place to move? How can you be so calm? And I just said, I just have total confidence in my father. Folks, I want to ask you, is that where we are? And it ought to be as, age, as we age and we mature we ought to be getting to a place where we say, I don't understand it. I don't even like it, but I have trust. My father is always right, and he's taking good care of me, and I trust him. I'm going to trust him through this, through this difficult time. And I've never dreamed I'd be here, but I'm here. But I trust him no matter what. I just ask you, is that we need to yield to that. We need to yield to him, and we need to have confidence in him that he's working everything out for our good. I, I just pray, and, uh, and again, all of us have a variety, the scripture talks about a variety of trials. It's a variety of trials. You have your trial, I have my trial, everybody else has, you all have, we all have trials, and we're all having our challenges, different stages of life, different circumstances. But the whole bottom line for all of us is the answer is the same. We've got to trust our Father.
We've got to believe him. I'm going to tell you right now, if we can't as a church for North Belt, trust our father for the future of North Belt, we might as well just hang it up. We might as well just hang it up. And I'm just not a quitter. I'm just not giving up. I'm not going to give the devil the pleasure of caving in. And so we are more than conquerors through Christ. And I encourage you, let's embrace the word of God. As Paul said, I mean, he said it so well. As we have our quiet time, as we spend time with the Lord, as he direct, let's not be deceived by all the things that Satan's throwing at us. It's encouraging to think we have the answer book. We've got the book with all the answers right here and the comfort. And I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like applying what we hear. Nothing like applying what we hear and we read from the word of God. So I trust that today we can embrace the father and understand him a little bit better and really count on him to work a wonderful work in all of our hearts that we would all end up on the same page. One day, one day, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the confidence that we can have in you. <clears throat> we thank you that we are human. We are frail. We do get weary. We do struggle with different things in our lives. But I thank you that you are always there. You promise never to leave us nor forsake us. You're working everything out for our good. We can trust you. We can count on you. We can respond to you. And I pray we would today during this invitation time that we would respond to you with our troubles, with our, our trials, our struggles, that we would cast all of our cares on you because you love us because God is love. I pray you'd bless this invitation time and encourage our hearts as we walk this walk of faith. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. All right, let's stand together and we will sing our hymn of invitation. 414. 414.